Hello, welcome to another episode of Between the Bites. I'm excited today. I've got a new special guest with me, Brandon Barnett, a senior vice president here at Executech. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Brandon, I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, you're a new guest here on Between the Bites, and we've got a couple of little things we want to share with our audience uh, specifically, as always, around cybersecurity. Really quick, I wanted to start and ask you some fun rapid-fire questions. Just give us what you've got off the top of your head. What is your favorite smartphone app? Uh, when I'm not working, um, it would be playing World Series of Poker. Uh, when I am working, uh, Teams. I think I live out of Teams 99% of the time when I'm working. We've all come to love Microsoft Teams. What is your favorite movie? Oh, all-time favorite movie is Braveheart. Um, with that said, I am definitely a Star Wars nerd, and my son is now into Star Wars, so I uh, watch a lot of Star Wars. It's good parenting right there. <laughs> and favorite vacation spot? Alaska. Are you a big fisher? Yes. Uh, try to go every year. This year, not going to make it, but try to go up there fishing at least once a year. Awesome. Sounds lovely. Okay. Brandon, tell us a little bit. Um, you're, you're kind of, uh, this might not be the best term, but an old timer uh, in terms of uh, people at Executech and, and how long you've been here. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your role. Well, you are correct. I've been here for five, or excuse me, for 10 years. Holy cow. I've <laughs> uh, been here 10 years. Um, so my current role is uh, basically working with our teams out of the Pacific Northwest and the Pacific region in general. So I spend all my time supporting our Seattle office, our office in Spokane, Washington, and then also our office in Manila, Philippines. How did you get into IT? Long story short, uh, video games convinced my parent that my parents that uh, this cool gadget that our neighbors had that let them play games on a screen was amazing. And they bought one and I proceeded to break it about every other week, um, trying to make it do more than it was capable of doing. And my punishment was to go sit and watch the local repair guy fix the computer. Uh, when I turned 16 and got my driver's license, he offered me a job installing computers in people's homes. Wow. That's awesome. Punishment to career. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worked out great. That's cool. Brandon, so you you had mentioned to me about a week or two ago uh, something that you had seen, and, and I'd actually also heard of as well, uh, kind of a local cyber scam um, that, that we'd seen crop up. Um, maybe some of our out-of-state listeners may not be familiar with KSL.com, uh, but you know, think Utah news site combined with uh, Craigslist, only a little more clean. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that this uh, this scam is could also apply to Craigslist or other sort of uh, yeah classified type sites. So, so Brandon, why don't you walk us through uh, what you've observed with this scam, how it works, and, and what, what what you're seeing. Sure. And I actually have spoken to a few of our guys in other locations and they've run into the same scam as well. Basically, uh, what happened, I was working with a friend of mine and um, he asked me a question about whether something he was seeing was legit. He had several items for sale on this classified site and somebody messaged him through text message um, saying, hey, you know, I'm really interested in the product that you have for sale. 
on the site, but I'm really worried about scammers. And so I really want to verify that you are who you say you are because I don't do business with scammers. And he's like, okay, sounds good. What do you need? And the person says, well, I'm going to send you a code to your text message from a uh, 280000 something uh, number. I just need you to reply back with that code so I can you know, prove that you are who you say you are. And uh, that obviously struck him as fishy. And so he reached out to me and we did some digging. And what we found is that through the website, um, there's an option to email the seller. And so we did some experimenting. And when you click that button, it pops up whatever email application you use. And it has listed right in the email or right in the application, the email address of the seller. In this particular instance, it was a um, Gmail account. And so um, we went to the Gmail site, clicked on the link to reset password, and lo and behold, that same 280000 number sent a request, put in a code. And so this scammer was going to G Gmail in this case because that was the account and requesting a password change. Had he given the code that came through to the scammer, uh, that person would have been into his Gmail account through a password reset. So they were using the classified site to gain access into people's email addresses. That's scary. I'm sure that tactic would work on other accounts, right? Not just your, your Gmail. Yeah, I mean, any, you can... any kind of account, that all they do is request a code through a text message. Anybody that sends that code through, um, that person's right into your account. There's no device, you know, other types of multi-factor authentication require you to have a specific device. But in this instance, it's just the code. You send that code to anybody and they could be into any type of account. So, Brandon, tell us a little bit about the takeaways from this. What should we specifically be watching out for? Because I feel like there have been times where I randomly will get an authenticator code uh, out of the blue. You know, what what should I be staying watching out for? Yeah, I mean, first off, uh, what I always tell people is to stop and think for a minute. You know, most people are pretty intelligent. We, we all deal with technology every day. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, how would this person be sending me a random code, right? Uh, some random person that wants to buy something from me has an SMS code generator. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, always just stop and think, okay, this is a weird request. If this is a weird request, it's probably there's something wrong. So just stopping, pausing, thinking for a minute, not sending random strangers anything. Um, the second thing is there are um, authenticator tools available through Microsoft Google, several others that take that authentication a step further. So not only do you have to have provide a code, but that code can only be generated through one of these authenticator tools. You set it up on your smartphone. Um, and in that instance, they are no longer able to just use a code sent to them to reset your account. They have to have your actual device in, in their hands to be able to reset that password. So that's something I would encourage people to do. You know, I use an authenticator app for almost every account I have. You know, yes, I have to have my smartphone with me no matter where I am to be able to log into stuff, but my password could be hacked anytime. Any password for any account can be compromised. But even if my password gets compromised, if they don't have my phone, they can't get in. 
they can try my password all day long and they, they're not going to get into my account. So I really encourage people to look into these authenticator apps through uh, Google, Microsoft and other locations. And, and so, you know, thinking about this broadly, it sounds like this isn't really a, a, a flaw in two-factor authentication per se. Um, it's just people trying to exploit other people through, you know, we, you'd call this a social engineering type of scam. Yep. And the solution is just maybe better two-factor authentication or just being wary. Yeah, I think it's both. It's, you know, there's no replacement for common sense and just being a little bit untrusting. Mm-hmm. A, a good dose of being untrusting could go a long ways for a lot of people nowadays. Yeah. It's sad that we have to say that, but a little bit can go a long way. Yep. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing about that, Brandon. I had a couple other questions uh, before I let you go. One, you know, it sounds like a good takeaway for our audience on basically any account is to enable two-factor or multi-factor authentication. I think we beat that drum a lot around here. Yep. Is there another tip or or a little trick that you have, maybe on the personal side or personal security that you have uh, that could help somebody be more secure? Yeah, so this is another big one. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine, um, and I get kind of sarcastic about it when I'm online, but um, people all the time post these little memes saying, hey, tell me something about yourself. Uh, another one that happened this morning was, hey, tell me the street you grew up on. And people love to get on these little threads and share all this information. And so I I actually responded to this thread and I said, I grew up on the street of quit giving away the answers to all of your password reset questions. (laughs) Um, You know, people are posting these memes because they think it's fun to learn information about each other, but the people starting these are looking for your information. Um, Hey, here's 50 questions to answer about yourself. Great. It's fun. You have fun doing it with your friends and the wrong person getting a hold of that now has access to your accounts because what's your favorite pet's name? What's your first pet's name? What street did you grow up on? Um, what, What kind of car did you drive? Where did you go to high school? Those are the questions we're all answering to give security to our accounts and we're giving it all away to random strangers. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a psych episode where that's the whole plot. Like it's a dating scam and the date lady is asking all these personal questions. Like, what was your favorite? What was your first pet's name? And and things like that. And (laughs) it it was all just one big uh, phishing scam to get into people's bank accounts. I mean, I haven't seen that, but I, now I want to go watch it. But yeah, it's, it's amazing how, you know, I sound like I'm beating the drum of not being like trusting of people, but I, I'm a little bit cynical in the, in the, you know, in this industry, uh, we see it all day, every day. And so, you know, even your friend that you went to high school with, you think, yeah, hey, it's not a big deal. If they see this information about me, they could be trying to get into your stuff. Yeah. Um, your best friend around the corner could be someone who does that and um, takes advantage of those that he knows. Again, sad, but true. It's best to, to lean towards suspicion. Yeah. With that said, I'm actually a really trusting guy in person, but <laughs> when it comes to computers and technology, not so much. Yeah. That's a, that's a great tip, tip Brandon. Um, is there one, uh, I guess, speaking more broadly to businesses and organizations, and, and this one can be a little tricky. I know it may depend 
uh, business to business or even across industries. But is there a kind of a quick tip that you would say give to businesses that can help them improve their their security? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys would cover this on here before, but never transfer funds through an email request. You know, if somebody inside your organization is requesting funds be transferred through email, have a system in place where you call someone on the phone to verify the request. Have a secret code, a, a number, something that has to be given um, in order for you to authorize actually sending request, funds requests. I see all the time um, spoofed messages that come in that look really legit, except for your domain name has a zero change or an O change to a zero and it looks totally legitimate. And they say, Hey, send a hundred thousand dollars to this contractor. Boom, done. And the money's gone. You'll never see it again. So have some kind of verbal communication that has to occur to approve wire transfers, bank transfers, something like that. That's a great tip. And I know, you know, Brandon, you have had uh, an unfortunate amount of firsthand experience with that, uh, with local businesses that have unfortunately fallen for that. Oh, yeah. It's something we see all of the time. New employee trying to make a name for themselves. Uh, company posts on LinkedIn. Congratulations to all our new employees. Sally works in the finance department. And next thing you know, new person Sally in the finance department gets a letter from or an email from the CEO telling her, do this now. It's urgent. Your job depends on it. She's trying to make a name for herself. Money goes out and boom, she's sent $100,000 to, you know, somewhere in Eastern Europe. Uh, well, again, Brandon, great tip. Uh, great takeaway for our, our local businesses and organizations as well. Um, the last little bit I wanted to, to talk to you about, Brandon, maybe a little bit less uh, IT focused, but still, I think, relevant to our audience is, again, you've, you've been at Executech for 10 years. Most of that time, you've been in some sort of leadership or management position. You're, if I may say so, very looked up to uh, here at Executech. <laughs> and so I wanted to, to pull the curtain back a little bit and, and ask you, what are some of your go-to management or leadership philosophies? Or, or tactics for managing a large-scale team? I mean, you're managing a team uh, across many locations uh, and with a variety of people, even overseas. Sure. Uh, so a few things. One, you know, I got into IT because I saw a lack of people skills in people in our field. But it all comes, whether, whether leadership or IT, to me, it comes back to treating people like they're human beings. If, if you're willing to stop and think about the decisions you're making, the things that you're doing, and realize that those affect people on a human level, you tend to relate better to them. Second, um, I'm, a, I'm a history nerd. Uh, I read tons of history books. World War II era is something that I'm really, really fond of. And while he was a, a flawed human being, uh, General Patton is someone I looked up to um, quite a bit. Um, if you compare um, some of the other generals of his time, uh, they still operated in a very much in the, in the old uh, Renaissance general fashion, where when the troops are engaged, they're up on a hill watching from a distance and uh, sending runners with commands and telling people what to do. And you can see the flaws in that. You know, you're trying to make split second decisions and you're taking minutes, hours, days to get those commands out to people. 
something I admired about Patton is he led the charge. Um, he made decisions from the field. You know, when, when the people wanted to retreat, he's running up to the front and, you know, pistol drawn, telling them to move forward. And I like to think that that's my style of leadership. I like to be in the trenches. I like to be uh, interacting with the people that I'm trying to lead. And I like them to feel like I would never ask them to do something I'm not willing to do myself. And so that's kind of how I try to make my decisions, how I try to lead. Um, and it's just kind of who I am. I don't really have to think about it much. <laughs> that's awesome, Brandon. And, and thank you so much for sharing. And I mean, just so our audience knows, trying to schedule with Brandon, uh, just getting some FaceTime with him for this podcast, I caught him at a client's server room with one of our techs, uh, literally <laughs> in the trenches, uh, in a server room doing, you know, what the tech nerds do. Uh, that's what it's all about. So thank you. No problem. Thank you. Well, Brennan, it's been great to have you uh, on the podcast today. Again, I think some great takeaways uh, for our audience and some great insights uh, into into you, into a little bit of our operations and, and leadership philosophy. I think what you shared reflects most uh, of us here at Executech. It's kind of that people first approach and that includes getting in the trenches. So thank you again. Awesome. Thank you for having me today. It's been fun. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Between the Bites.